show coming from the rec store Bet this back in the mac in the back flow Let's go chillin' with raccoons by the back door Take all so you can stake more All I wanna do is making door right But I found this crew and doing alright We wreck will bitch ready to fight So many raccoons ready for the boss life I might fly high like a kite, right? But always ready for a shite for the right prize. Raccoon supply has the right price. Giving you respect if it's likewise. So I'm buying all the mean guys with the clean heart. Read between lies, laser bean through lean eyes. Larry or with clean lies, trash mouth, mean smile, be wise. NFT wise, fuck with these guys. It's the rack rap from the back lab. 100 NFTs in my backpack. Crazy rack back from the stash app Rack will take a lead in this haystack Good morning, Rack FM Yes, that's a good morning, not no good Did you get that, Finn? Well, yeah, I got that, but There's a reason we We do, hold on I, I know the, the live studio audience is very unruly this morning Nobody can hear you over them Which is why you gotta You know Put some oomph into it, some gusto, but that's all right. You know, if you want to, you want to change it up a little bit, we can certainly do that. I will stop blinking the applause sign and uh, you can do a, an NPR style. Good morning. Get your coffee and tea and crumpets. It's time for the sit down hour. You know, if that's what you want to do, we can do whatever you want to do. By the way, what time is it? It's at oh, it's hundred, guys. No. Well, I mean, yeah, but no. It's time to run it back. Let's go. Good morning, Rock FM. Yes, that's a good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Rock FM. It's at oh, it's hundred, guys, and it is the sixteenth uh, of November, twenty twenty-three. And this is your host, Robbo, the mayor of Rackville. And I'm delighted to say that we've got, yet again, proper shipper doors in the, in the, or shippers, whatever you want to call them, in the studio. We've had all the guys in, haven't we, this year? Like, we've had TFM in, we've had fucking Kajira in, we've had, oh, he's Bruce, he's going to come in for course and duties, hopefully. We've had Shade Protocol in, we've had all the big boys. And you know what? Loads of people I speak to personally talk about Lavana, both online and offline. And it's quite obvious that these chads are like, you know, it does what it says on the tin, isn't it? That's the old uh, raccoon or rack FM sniff test, isn't it? Like, does this do like what it says on the tin, right? And it's quite clear that uh, Lavana is delivering and delivering in spades, and people love it. I saw Tendermint Timmy. Obviously, he's been really, really busy, as we all know. Shout out Timmy, by the way, legend. But I saw Timmy like tweeted out uh, something, and then they retweeted and said, "Like, don't get me wrong, we are really impressed with Tendermint Timmy." <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong, it's taken me a long time, but I'm really, really, really impressed. I mean, there's no smoke without fire. Uh, so let's check in with Lavana. Let's get down to the deets, uh, peeps. Yeah, let's take you back to your roots or put on your fucking big boots. Yeah, we're taking you back to the place of your birth. Bang on planet Earth. Is that uh, Jonathan on the official account? Hello, Jonathan. Uh, yes, it is. Hi, uh, Jonathan, uh, head of communications here at Lavana. 
And I just want to start out by saying it's such a pleasure to be here. You know, uh, I think the phrase is long-time listener, first-time caller. So it's, uh, it's exciting to, you know, get to talk to this uh, audience. Uh, this is an audience of very uh, dear to my heart. I know that, you know, the trial by fire that many of us have been through the past bull run and, and bear market um, is really hard to be appreciated by any of the, the newcomers that are going to be entering into the space. You know, because there's always newcomers that, that come into the space when, when the weather looks fair. But the, the, the direct community, um, you know, in the Kajira community, and really the guys that went through all of the, uh, the, the shitstorm, I don't know how else to call it, um, that we've been through over the last, you know, uh, over 18 months now, almost, uh, almost two years, um, really puts us in uh, a very uh, special bucket that, that holds uh, a very important place in my heart. So thank you for having me on the show. Oh, dude, you're welcome. Don't worry about that. I'll tell you what, you're right, though. That was a brutal, brutal crypto winter, wasn't it? Oh, I, I mean, I know we're going to go through them again. And and I don't actually think we're really out of it just yet, I think. I think there's a few bumps in the road with election uh, cycle coming around. But we'll, we'll you know, we'll see blue skies eventually. But yeah, bro, that was uh, oh, that was a nasty experience. I had to take like uh, six weeks uh, away from crypto after the first uh, dip on the May May twenty twenty one. I took six weeks away from crypto. It was the best six weeks of my life. Bro, I came back and I was a demon and just made a shitload. I also lost a shitload after that, but never mind. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, Jonathan, if you don't mind, uh, flatter us. Couple of just kind of jokey questions to start out with, right, bro? Like nothing serious, but the typical. No, please. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we can talk about anything, you know, and uh, we can talk, you know, and yeah, the, the the floor is open, and you know, I like what you said about kind of like uh, what's on the tin is what you get, and um, I think that that's you know that's that's really what the goal is is to be a straight shooter, and uh, to you know, and there, there, there's nothing that's taboo. Dude, in your opinion, was my uh, opening, was it too much? Sometimes Finn says it's too much. He gets on my case. He's like, oh, Robbo, that was overkill, that. I mean, I do try, but was it too much, do you reckon or not? Do I need to tone it down? No, I don't think it needs to be toned down. I think that, uh, I don't know what it's going to be like in post-edit, if there's going to be a little music in the background or something like that, but it really took me back. You know, I'm a child of the 90s, so it took me back to, like, the radio show hosts, you know, that, uh, you know, like, uh, coming, like, that is you're where you'd be stuck on the bus on the on the way to school at six forty five in the morning and the radio jockey is sitting there for like ten minutes and and you're like, Well, it's entertaining enough, but I kinda came here for the music. So it's that nice balance of you know, with uh with with the station. Oh, I love that. I love that. And we have got a co-host up, which is great, by the way, guys, because he can manage like requests and that because obviously it's a close mic tonight. Uh, we might get time for questions. Oh, I've just come outside to sit and just chill a little bit, and these dogs have got no chill, my goodness. Right, quick quick question, uh, dude. First question, just a quick one. What's your favorite sandwich? Oh, that's tough. You know, um, it, so now, oh, we're not playing. Question, we're not messing. Right? Jonathan, we're not messing around. We're not playing. We're, know, we're right? big hitters. Right. So now here's the question. You know, it's, uh, you know that like, like uh, Matrix, like does a Pop-Tart count as a sandwich? Is a taco a sandwich? Does it have to be like uh, sliced bread? If we're talking just simply sliced bread, it's definitely something like a Reuben, you know, like just like traditional, uh, like a Jewish sandwich, you know, that's like, Holy it's fuck. kind of like, it's like, it's like 10 centimeters thick and like you can barely bite into it. And it's got a pickle on the side. 
you know, I'm always a sucker for one of those. Dude, I'm not shitting you. I named me top three about like two years ago on on Twitter. I'll find it for you. And honestly, Ruben's in the top three, like along with the band me. I mean, the band me just for me takes it. You know, it's right up there. But I kind of, oh, I'm getting thumbs down here. What's what, I'm getting <laughs> thumbs down for the Ruben or the band me. I don't know All if it's right, the Ruben well, or the band me, you know. Look, thin, you know, like uh, rye bread, thin, uh, thin sliced meat, and a little bit of mayonnaise. It's, uh, how can you go wrong? So immediately, oh, imme- right, I know, right. Sigma, Sigma level, isn't he? Straight away, right, Jonathan, I just want you to know that the first fucking sniff test, you pass for flying colours. Uh, on to the next subject, what's your shoe size, bro? I am a 41. So I'm, I'm oh, wait, I get, wait, I get the calculator out. Wait, I get the calculator out. Two minutes, bro. Oh, uh, okay, so okay. I, don't know what I got is, that. Uh, yeah, what, what is that? That's European sizes. I don't know if uh, in, the, in the Queen's English what that would come to. We, 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 they say the shoe size is never a judgment of a person, you know, but we always like, because we share, we share this information. We've always done it, right? Uh, this, the last question would be if you had to pick one, you've got no choice. You've got to wear in public one of them. There's literally no choice in the matter. Are you picking cowboy boots or a cardigan? What is a cardigan? I know what cowboy boots are. I don't know what a cardigan is. Oh, we need your woman. She's the best. She, she explained to uh, Jake, you know, Jake the shaman, you know, that shaman guy from January the 6th at the, the Capitol building, uh, Congress or whatever. She explained oh, to him like what a, a, uh, <laughs> Oh, it's like, it's like a, a, a small sweater with like fur on it. Buttons. That... With buttons. Buttons up the front. It's got buttons. The cardigan's oh. got buttons and two pockets, two little pockets for your little, little hands or something, you know, like where you put so, your hands in. I'd probably go for the cardigan then instead. Uh, you know, it's, uh, like I wear, I wear a suit jacket on the weekends every every weekend. I wear t-shirts during the week, but on that, but I, I wear like a long coat that goes down to my uh, knees. Um, you know, it's like a, it looks like eighteen hundred style uh, on the weekend. So the cardigan probably falls under that category. Can you believe this? Literally, as you've said those words, look who came in the room, little Gaines, and literally when you gave your answer. I was like, right, what's the timestamp? I'm going to timestamp little Gaines. I cannot believe Gaines. He chose the cardigan. He chose the cardigan over cowboy boots. Oh, Mike, what is it? It's like 2-1 to Gaines right now. We're 2-1 to cowboy boots, the cardigans. Well, so I'll tell good. you, I don't ride horses. You know, I, I, I have. I grew up riding horses, but I haven't. I, I don't ride horses on a regular basis. And uh, I, I live in the desert. And so uh, my my preferred footwear is really open-toed sandals with no socks on, you know, that's a, so the cowboy boots just uh, sounds like a mess. Bro, one day I said to Gaines and I uh, was chatting to him and I'm like, oh, dude, you're a pretend cowboy, aren't you? He went, oh, you think so? And he sent me some photos. Holy fuck. Dude, I was worried for my life. I'm telling you, I was changing the dresses. I was like, I didn't want that man anywhere near me. Like, those fellas anyway, not that man. It's probably like worse than Yellowstone, if anyone's seen Yellowstone, like the TV series. Trust me, Gaines is... Ten times worse, like proper cartel shit. Anyway, let's get on with the good stuff. By the way, there were some of the best answers we've had for a long time. Let's get on to the important stuff. I do want to ask you, bro, uh, you're vibing with the Osmosis crew. Just just like that's obviously been a big, big part, fundamental part of the recent past, right? I mean, sorry, before we say anything, Bruce, do you want to you come in here or are you just here to be the support, the supporter? I'm, I'm, I'm the support. I'm the support. Do you want to welcome Jonathan? I think you already did it, but I, I I came later than him, so kind of weird, right? To welcome. It's all right, Bruce. Guys. I welcome you. Thanks for joining us. Oh, we, thank really, you. we really appreciate you uh, having you here. Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. I'll just be a fly on the wall and maybe join in with some security questions later. We'll see. 
Bruce, you're getting rugged already. I'm glad you're here with us. (laughs) Bruce getting rugged already off, Jonathan. Here we go. This is going to be a good one, isn't it? Right, so, dude, I want to know about, like, vibing with the Osmo crowd. I mean, Sonny's been on the show before. He's fucking pretty cool. Come on. He's built some good shit. He knows his shit, you know. He shout out Rack FM on bloody the stage at the Cosmos of what? Cosmos of what? Cosmoverse? That was a Freudian slip, wasn't it? Jesus Christ. Uh, so, dude, what's it been like since you've kind of, like, obviously got some, like, back-end support help or, like, talk to us about the, the relationship with Osmosis, if you don't mind, to kick it off. So, it is, um, you know, it is, uh, it's wonderful working with Osmosis. Osmosis has the largest amount of daily active traders, both in terms of unique accounts and volume. I, I apologize, I'm, I'm near a street. I don't know if you guys can hear the buses go by, but I'll get farther away. Oh, you Gucci. Uh, Don't worry about uh, background noise, bro. I'm the okay. worst. Don't worry. You Gucci. Okay, great. So, um, so the, uh, you know, uh, ju- just in terms of access to liquidity, access to a wide variety of assets. And let me kind of paint a picture. And this is a picture that is, um, is uh, you know, I have to put a trigger warning on. You know, I think a lot of people are not going to like some of my views about Cosmos. Um, uh, but, you know, for better or for worse, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's worth sharing. And I want to emphasize that these aren't necessarily Obama's views. So, you know, they're just my views. Is that um, the, when you've got kind of like the curve, you know, like the, uh, the risk curve um, meme where it's got like the dunce on the left and it's got the Jedi yeah. on the right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The angry guy screaming on like the top. So Cosmos has optimized itself to appeal to that screaming guy on the top. And that's like 90% of the community. It's just that like mid-brain um, guy that's like, rah, 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 rah. and that's, that's our entire community, uh, for better or for worse. Or I'd say that's like, you know, 99% of our community. There's obviously um, outliers. And, um, and the reason there is, is that during the last bull run, it's not just like, it's not just like me being uh, spicy. It's like, you know, I've, I've thought about this from a, from a, like a detective perspective. Like, if you look at the last bull run, where was the place that you got the highest yield for the lowest risk? And that was always Cosmos. You know, the fact that you could just, you, you had very minimal, um, you had all these chains, all the chains used the same code base. They all had double-digit staking rewards. Um, they all had very, um, you know, a very deep uh, volatility sinks. They had limited access to centralized exchanges. Um, and they, they uh, essentially, they were just printing money during the entire bull run. And so what you ended up with was a bunch of um, kind of mid-range, um, you know, they weren't like high risk. They weren't low risk. They were like mid-risk. So they would come and they would just stake tokens. They would get their staking rewards, and then they would cash out their staking rewards, and then you know bring it to Binance or centralized exchanges or wherever, and go and finance you know I don't know their their whatever you know degenerate lifestyle that they had, and not I don't say degenerate in a negative way I say it like very lovingly you know we're all degenerates here, um, and and these guys you know and like I don't want to be salty for the guys that made money you know I I lost like everything in the last uh, crash. But I think that there's a lot of people that uh, 
you know, that, that survived Cosmos, um, basically because of this like middle brain or middle uh, bell curve aspect. And um, what, uh, and the, the path that you go on, no matter where you are within the Cosmos ecosystem, is it all roads lead to osmosis. So every single user is familiar with osmosis because you get your staking rewards, then you take your staking rewards, you come to osmosis, you cash out to some type of stable coin like Axelar or USDC, you bridge to somewhere else, and then you, know, you party. And so again, this is purely conjecture, but I don't know if this uh, resonates with you or, or with anyone in the audience. Dude, but, um, you know, you know what we've often said though. We like because a lot of people are like, "Oh, onboarding the next million users, onboarding the next billion users, whatever." Should I tell you what makes the difference? Like the real difference, it's the quality of the user. We've been talking about like I had a really deep conversation about this with Jake Hartland and them like about two, three months ago or something. We just seem to have in Cosmos, particularly this ridiculous like culture of airdrop hunters and tag three friends. Like it's like every like like a good friend says, "Bing bong, Avon calling." It's like, dude, it, it's not sustainable in the long run. These plebs, man. Uh, no, no, for sure, it's it's an entire culture, and I just want to see. I see that uh, um, B bands is on here, so I just want to give her a shout out. Um, welcome to come up here and say hi, and. Um, the, um, you know, the whole, you know, it's been really interesting being on osmosis and kind of like seeing, you know, osmosis has between 50 to 80,000 uh, traders monthly on the platform. Now, Lavana has been on osmosis for four months now. We just had our four month anniversary and we just broke 5,000 users, not 5,000 monthly and, and half a billion as well didn't you didn't you just hit half well, a billion well, well, or not? Yeah, well, well we'll get to that that those are the vanity metrics but i'm talking just like like let's talk in you know i don't know how to say it in english but in arabic you say do greet it's a uh, uh uh let's cut to the chase you know is that um that at the end of the day uh there's you know about um five percent of the active wallets within cosmos are really interested in high risk, high reward product, which is what Lavana is. Now, was that number five thousand? You said that five thousand, yeah. Yeah, which is about five thousand. Yeah. You know, so okay. I'd say that in all of Cosmos, there's probably about a hundred thousand people. And what we've attracted to Lavana, because everybody, you know, and and I'm talking about people that have tried Lavana once. You know, if we look at the people that have tried Lavana once, it's about five thousand. So. We see that, that it's about 95% of the users are risk averse and about 5% of the users are risk on. So the, um, le- the, the, the risk, the, the, the path to survival, you know, because we're still at, at Levana, we're at the survival phase. You know, there's plenty of like VC metrics that we could talk about, like total trading volume and, you know, and uh, daily trading volume and stuff like that. And like, you know, uh, TVL to, to trading and usage and all these other things that like I would call like the BS metrics. Um, so all of that we can kind of put to the side and just say that in order for a product like Lavana to be successful, we've got to figure out how to grow the pot. And that's something that, that you know, we've been trying to figure out. And, um, and, and one of the things that's most attractive about working with, with Osmosis is that Osmosis is kind of like that central hub that it doesn't matter what chain that you're interacting with um, on Cosmos, you know, you end up 
also interacting with osmosis. So it's a great equalizer. You know, if I was going to point to where is the Cosmos Hub today, I would say the Cosmos Hub today is osmosis more so than the the uh, you know the the actual Cosmos Hub itself, like with Adam. And and what I think is an interesting outlier um, is the Kajira ecosystem. I think the Kajira ecosystem is um, a completely different DNA than the entire rest of Cosmos, and it's a um, it's a primarily risk on ecosystem, uh, whereas the rest of Cosmos is a risk off ecosystem. Um, now, you know, Levana has tried for, I don't know, six months, eight months, whatever, to deploy on, uh, on Kajira, but Kajira has zero interest. They just like, I think they just like ignore all my DMs. Um, but I think that, uh, that ultimately when we have the next bull run, you know, that, that we'll probably see the most amount of activity within the Kajira ecosystem. That's just my, um, you know, in terms of like when the market turns from risk off to risk on. That's like my, uh, my uh, you know, 2,000, 20,000 feet uh, assessment. Dude, as you actually said that, I did just DM the space to uh, dead right. So if he's free, maybe like you'll jump on. But I was like, I right, okay, know, I'll yeah, play I this over. I have, uh, we've spoken, uh, you know, about three years ago, I think we had a call. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe two and a half years ago. Um, I mean, the guy is like, a, the guy is a, um, uh, he is a rocket ship. You know, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, uh, uh, oh, a, dude, we love we love a bit of dove on this show. Yeah. We love a bit of dove on this show. He's a good, good friend. He's been our biggest show to date. You know, him and Jacob was three point five k on this. We only had a few hundred followers, man, bro. Ridiculous. Uh, so, can you see that we've got a uh, Moltres uh, joined us? So he's one of the raccoon devs. Uh, Jonathan, and and honestly, I didn't even know if he was going to come when I saw him here. I was like, oh. He's building Shark Protocol. I haven't got a co-host at the minute or anything, but uh, you don't mind me bringing him up, uh, Jonathan. Uh, that's okay. No, please. Yeah, happy to talk to anybody. And I'll just tell you in the meantime, because, you know, I gave a shout-out to Dove. I also want to give a shout-out to Sonny. You know, I have met Sonny in person, um, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe four or five times. Um, I've had the opportunity to maybe talk to him for, like, 20 hours, 30 hours, like, in total in my life. And just in terms of people that really um, understand uh, understand the development of crypto and the kind of like the pain points of crypto and and where things need to go in order for crypto to reach mass, mass adoption, I think he is uh, very uniquely positioned, and he's also you know in an incredibly challenging position, kind of of being the the central hub of Cosmos. Um, but I think that his vision, and if you if you listen to, I got to see her and speak in person um, in Paris about this about you know three four months ago. Um, but the vision of what osmosis is going to look like in a year from now, which is basically FTX, it's basically like a decentralized FTX. So like building out a decentralized FTX um, is incredibly challenging, and it's a you know it's a very different development approach to what. I like personally, you know, I come from like, uh, like the world of scrappy startups, you know, where you, you try something, you screw up, you know, you try something else, you screw up, like, you know, you, you kind of like build uh, a hill on top of, you know, of, uh, like previous dead versions of yourself. And, um, you know, you, you have, uh, it's like, you, you constantly are, are trying to, 
um, through an act of, of humility and, and growth um, to improve. And um, so it's a, it's a very different approach that I think what Osmosis is taking, like we saw it with concentrated liquidity. They announced in August of a, uh, you know, August of the previous year. So that's like a year and change ago that they were going to do concentrated liquidity. And then it took them about a year to deploy it. So, um, you know, what Lavana tries to do is, is to ship every two weeks. You know, we, we ship something every two weeks. And so we're constantly kind of like, our vision is, is a little bit like uh, more myopic at like, what, where are the cracks in the road ahead of us and how can we fix those cracks in the road? And Osmosis is much more like Apple or Samsung focused, where it's like, where do we want to be in two to three years and how do we build to get to that? And so uh, I totally appreciate that approach, although it's not the approach that, um, you know, that, that I've, I've experienced personally. Dude, for all the shit talking and all the bravado and brase that you say bloody on, on crypto, well, CCT, isn't it? It's not just CT, it's CCT, Cosmos Crypto Twitter. For all the bravado, right, nobody can deny just how uh, fundamental and instrumental Sunny has, has basically been in this ecosystem. People would be absolutely stupid to say or think otherwise. But, dude, I don't want to do a quick room set. You'll have to watch your mic, uh, bro. Jonathan, yeah, you got a hot mic sometimes when you're not speaking, bro. Uh, just to do a little, like, quick room kind of reset, uh, shout out everybody who's in the room. Little G's in here, Tanky's in here, your woman Queen B's here, Starlight, I mean, Straylight, uh huh. Uh, MB, nice little slip there. Did you get that one? Uh, oh, I see. Oh, your woman's here. Who's on the show tomorrow? Saw you was here. Gone. Uh, Alex, I see you. Blaze, Poraboo. I see you all down there. Snails, Escobar, all of you guys. Shout out to everybody in the room. Al, I see Big Al down there. Uh, yeah. So I do want to just dive into the team a little bit, just to kind of get to know you a little bit more. Uh, Moll. Good morning, Ian Moll. How are you doing, brother? You okay? Good morning, guys. Yeah, I'm doing very great. Uh, just having, uh, I think I got a flu or something, so my voice is uh, is kind of sketchy. But uh, I just wanted to, uh, thanks for the invite. I just wanted to say to Levana that they're doing a very great job. I've been using the products for, for a while now, so it's pretty great. And uh, basically, I saw you guys did some nice posts on, th on Twitter. So that's why I wanted to, uh, to listen to what you guys have to say. So yeah, big love from us. Doing a great job. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's, uh, you know, the Twitter, you know, we are, our inspiration for Twitter is mostly from uh, Coach Bruce. So I don't know if you're familiar with Coach Bruce. He was a guy who was popular on Terra, you know, and he's kind of uh, broadened out since the collapse of Terra. And one of the things that he taught was, uh, you know, you have to balance between like the, you know, like the shit posting and the making fun of yourself and the making fun of your community and then actually like really insightful stuff. And like, if you can kind of like hit the nail, the balance there, then you can create something that's, um, that has a lot of staying power. It's, uh, you know, and you have to have a lot of just like, uh, that, that there's gotta kind of be a lot of, um, of, of willingness to, to experiment and to just see what kind of hits. So whether it's, you know, responding to other people that say good things about you or people that say bad things about you, um, or making fun of yourself or, or whatever it is, you know, um, we, we, we just try it all and we see what works and then we try and constantly learn from it. So I appreciate you enjoying the, uh, the, the social accounts. Bro, he's yeah, been watching. 
he's been watching cartel videos. He's been watching us making cartel videos, laughing his fucking head off, man. Nobody gives a fuck over on Raccoon, man. We do what we want, Mole, right? <laughs> that's how we fucking roll from day one. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, you don't need to have ego, like, in the uh, in the sequel, man. You just need to laugh about yourself, laugh about people, and just have a good time. So that that's why I find it pretty amazing. But uh, before before I shut my mouth, I just wanted to get to know about Havana, like uh, how many people you guys are, because I really like the UI and what like what you do is kind of fluid. So I was just curious how many people you were. So we're seven full time people, and then in terms of uh, like part time contributors, there's another, I would say, you know, nine that are regular regularly contributing, and then you know if you add like the hardworking mods and you know, some of the, you know, the, the people that are doing like beta testing and uh, QA and stuff, it probably brings it up to like, you know, 15 part-time people. So, you know, in total, there's probably about 20 or so people around the table. And um, it's, you know, we were at, at our height, like when Terra crashed, um, we were at almost 60. I think we, we hit like 56 or 58, if I remember correctly. And so, we're at about a third of the size that we were back then. Um, and we definitely feel it. You know, we were able to accomplish and like build and ship a lot more than we were then. But, um, you know, in the, uh, uh, I think that what we've done, you know, with the, the smaller team um, is uh, be able to focus and be able to listen more. And those were two skills that I think that we lacked during the previous uh, bull cycle. And, uh, and I think they're very valuable skills that we'll have, you know, as the market continues moving forward. So, so Mol, quick question for you. I mean, I'm not saying you've been building something similar, but some comparisons could be drawn between, say, like Shark Protocol, for example, and Levana. Uh, are there any challenges like Mol that you faced that like, you would ask like Jonathan about in regards to what you guys have built in regards to whether it's smart contracting or whatever? Yeah, I, I think like the, the biggest issues that we faced so far is uh, just to give an introduction and just I, I don't want to to just talk about my project because like the show is about Levana and you guys. But uh, yeah, we're building a price prediction no, market. Please, and, shill. Uh, yeah, shill is yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's my biggest problem. I have a hard time shilling what we do. We really believe in it, but like uh, we have a hard time shilling it. But yeah, we're building like a price prediction market on Migaloo, which is called Shark Protocol. And uh, <clears throat> basically like the biggest issue that we faced is just to make sure that everything is coordinated. Like you, you have the information about Bitcoin, Ethereum and like the, the assets you, you want to place bets on. And just coordinate at the same time when people do their bets and then you uh, settle the bet. So just making sure the contract, the information that's outside the chain, that's brought on the chain, and then everything just fits together. That's been our biggest issue. So far, it's been working well, and it's much easier than perps, that's for sure. But uh, that was one of our biggest issues. So if you have any insights or something about that, that would be really appreciated. Well, I'm actually curious. So per prediction markets, so I was a, a researcher and an analyst at a crypto hedge fund in 2018. And that's, that was like my first um, formal job in the crypto space. Like before that, um, I had worked in the Web2 space. I had sold two companies. Um, I had built, uh, I had built uh, multiple products that had like millions of, of uh, monthly active users. And like I, um, I got into crypto pretty early on in the Ethereum 
DAP ecosystem. And the first product that I fell in love with was Augur. So Augur was the first real prediction market that, that came out. And um, it, you know, it tried to solve, although I think it failed, um, the, the, the trusted arbiter. Um, and uh, it sounds to me like you are using third-party price feeds or, or price oracles to be uh, uh, the arbiter. Is, is that an accurate assessment? And if so, yeah. Yeah. What, what are, they, what are the, uh, the oracles that you're using? Is it Pith? Is it uh, you know, uh, Oho? What, what are you using? Yeah, so basically, as of now, what we're using, we're using like four uh, sexes uh, information. So basically, what we take is the closing price, let's say, the closing candle, the price on the one minute time frame. But uh, like the, the bets can be done on the five minute, uh, 30 minute, uh, five minutes, 15 minutes, an hour, and 24 hours. So we just take uh, the closing price of the, late, the most recent minute, let's say. Got it. And then in terms of the pools, uh, between the winning percentage, I'm assuming that it's uh, that it's a, that it's like a bookie system where the uh, ratio of exposure to the um, the success and failure pools creates the odds. Is that I, I've never seen your system before, so I'm just uh, building it in my head from an architectural perspective as we're talking. So you, you might have gone a completely different approach, but is that yeah, how it, it works? Yeah, exactly. That's how it works. And the, the cool thing that we decided to do is, uh, for example, let's say because, you know, when, when you go in prediction markets, you never know if there's like, we some sort of create like uh, a, a market, like we match people. But like what we did is like, let's say you stake uh, the token that we have that's called Shark. Then if there's going to be someone that's only opening like a uh, long position, then we make sure that there's some sort of system that if there's no one that I've bet on the on the short position, let's say the bear side, then the shark staking system is going to open the position just to make sure that there's always a match between the bets so people can continue playing. Whereas usual price prediction market, if there's no position on the other side, the bet's just going to be canceled. So we try to create some sort of something new that you can always bet against the house, let's say. Uh-huh. That that's interesting. Now and now who can create new markets? Is it is it permissionless? Because it seems like that if it was permissionless, there'd be an easy attack vector. Or is it just uh periodic that you over time you open up new positions uh for the same markets, whether it's BTC or Adam, etc. Yeah, so but yeah, I, I missed the question because someone just called me. So sorry about that. No, okay, so no 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 worries, no worries. Um uh, so the, the question was, um, is it always the same market? Is it that you've got like a few different coins that people can uh, make predicted bets around? Um, and, uh, and then you're just trying to fill out the counterparty position uh, using your own token? Or is it that anybody can launch a new market on the, on the platform? Yeah, so it's always the same market. So far, we've, we've only went to uh, the open alpha, which is on which was on Bitcoin. And yeah, the idea is just to make sure that if someone opens a position, there's always going to be the house that's open, like the, the, the counterparty position, just to make sure that's more enjoyable. Because if you make a bet and then there's no one on the other side, then it's, it's kind of less fun and less fluid. But like to do to do this approach, we made some calculation and simulation to see just to make sure that the house is not going to always get wrecked, let's say.
But yeah, to answer your question, it's always like going to be on the same uh, assets. Got it. Well, in that case, it would be interesting. I'd love to talk offline because um, there might be uh, funding rate opportunities. You know, I'll, I'll talk uh, a little bit about what, what Lavana does uh, to, to give a bit of background, and then I'll tie it back into to answering into your question. So Lavana um, opens up markets. We have 20 different markets that are available today. So it's all of the popular assets and even like a bunch of the shit coins that are not popular, but are semi-popular. So we've got 20 different assets, which you can trade, you know, some of them with hundred X leverage, some of them with 30 X leverage, and you know, some of them with like 10 X leverage or less. And, um, and so we, in order to balance the market, there's just a continuous funding rate, you know, from the popular side to the not popular side. So some cases like, you know, we have, we all, we launched like Thorchain's rune, um, which you can open up, uh, I think, 30x uh, leverage on. And so if you're taking the not popular side, um, as a trader, you can get paid. You know, Last time I saw it, it was like 300% APR on it. So it might be interesting for a protocol like yours to, um, to, to plug into protocols like Levana and um, you know, Hyperlink and, um, you know, and Margin.io and, and a few of these others uh, that if you detect that there's an imbalance on your prediction market, that it can be counterbalanced from uh, a larger protocol. And we're getting about, I think today we had like $13 million of trading volume today. So I wouldn't necessarily call us big, but we're, we're, we're in the top 10, um, I think, of uh, perpetuals uh, in the market, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and there's about 150 of them in all of crypto today. Uh, so, you know, if you, if you have a few of these that you plug into, I apologize. Oh, uh, can you guys still hear me? Give me a thumbs up if you can hear me. Yeah, you came back. Right. Um, so what I'd say is, is that if you can find another protocol to be able to hedge the exposure within your own protocol, so then, then your LPs um, minimize their chance of being wrecked. And, you know, we've, uh, we've spoken, like I had a call about a week ago, um, you know, with uh, Hyperliquid and, uh, you know, we've talked uh, plenty of times, like I've had multiple calls with DYDX over the years and with, um, you know, with uh, the perpetual finance guys. And, and right now today, the most popular use case on Levana is, is actually um, uh, funding rate arbitrage, where users come and, and they open up a position on Levana, um, which then pays them an, a high APR, like a triple digit APR in order to, to take on that position, to be the counter trader to, um, to you know, whatever sentiment the market has. And then they go and they find on Huobi, on, on Binance, on DYDX, like a counter trade, and then they balance it out. So that actually could be built in to, um, uh, to a protocol like yours uh, to drastically reduce uh, the the operational risk. Yeah, I think that's a, that's an amazing idea, to be honest. And uh, I, th I think we're gonna. Yeah, I just wrote all that down, and uh, I think it's very interesting. And that was one of the reason why, because at first when we uh, we decided to go with this product, like there were a lot of people saying, yeah, that would be the best if we can have like uh, some sort of perps information up in there. And that's exactly the, the reason why it would work well together. And the other thing, uh, 
just a last question. Uh, I just want to, I don't want to hijack, but uh, what do you think? Like for, for example, for price prediction market, like uh, if you're betting, like, let's say on the 15 minutes and then you have some, like uh, you have some window to bet and then the window closes before the, the bet is settled. What do you think of like just putting some sort of incentive, the earlier you get in the bet, the better you could get out of your position. So let's say you have some, quadratic or linear like relationship that if you bet like five minutes before and then there's someone's betting like 10 seconds before the window closes well there's more incentives that goes to the person that votes at the beginning given he or she takes some sort of bigger risks given like there's more time before the bet closes what do you think about that so you always need to do risk modeling and i think that this is you know where i'm, I'm excited to continue the conversation with bruce um but you always need to consider is the are the incentives that you are creating um, allowing for somebody else to be able to constantly profit um, and 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 that happens even more if there's some type of a secondary market so i don't know how your um, positions are um, implemented, but if your positions themselves have any level of fungible nature. So then it could create a situation, and I'm just like totally answering on one foot right now, but it could create a situation where if I get a bonus by betting early and um, then towards the end of, the, of the, the, the position and maybe even like the block pre, like immediately preceding the closing, if there's any type of, uh, of arbitrage opportunity that's there, then somebody will figure out a way to just like uh, to, to, to use it to, to, to create a hedge. Like for example, um, now that I'm, I'm talking, like imagine that I take a long um, at the beginning of the epoch and I get a bonus for that. And now I'm exposed long. And then now I get towards the end of the epoch and I take a short. So now I'm market neutral, but I hedge. But so now I just get the uh, benefit of the spread between the subsidy from the beginning of the epoch to the end of the epoch. I could do that literally every epoch. I'd be market neutral. Over time, my position, my directional exposure would balance out, but I would constantly drain your liquidity pool. Yeah, and that's one of the way we could counter this. Yeah, that's a very great answer, to be honest. But the, the, the way to counter this is, uh, given the fact that, that we create the market, there's some sort of there's some sort of fees on the pool. Let's say we take like a one point five two percent. That way, uh, people just don't end up winners. But the cool thing is, if you're staking the token and then you're the house, then you get rewarded with a part of the fees. So yeah, what you said actually makes sense, and we need to make sure that the part of the fees that's redirected to stakers and the person that just take the old position that you just said just don't end up always in profit and then we we drain the liquidity yeah very insightful discussion and thanks yeah merci beaucoup um that, so that's a it's, it's a pleasure uh and i'm happy to talk offline i i love uh this is like i'd say ha like literally half of my day is just spent on risk assessment and just trying to brainstorm about how to ways to break stuff so i love this you know the other half is just like shit posting on Twitter, but um, but but I love this part of the industry, um, and so I'd love to, you know, I'd love to continue the conversation in a more private setting. For sure, man. Rock FM. 
Fucking Rack FM, Jonathan F. Fucking 69.420 coming in your ears five days a week. Powered by Omniflix, sponsored by Notional. Yeah, I just want to ask you, bro. Uh, that was I, I was beautiful listening to you two, by the way. I was right in the middle of a huge thunderstorm as well. I was like, I'm so glad these two dudes are just having a rabbit. It's great that, like, I'm going to enjoy the replay, you know. We always stress when we're hosts. Shout out, Sefi, down there. Jonathan, uh, quick one for you. What's the harshest lesson that you've learned from the past that you're going to carry forward into the next buller market when we prop a buller run? What's the harshest lesson that you're going to keep in your head and not, like, veer from, like, learning that lesson, if you don't mind me asking? I would say that you, you always have to be hungry and you have to preserve capital above all else. You know, during the... The bull run, um, Levana was like the uh, flush with cash, and it was just like uh, allocated um, irresponsibly. I don't think there's any other way to describe it other than that. You know, like I look, uh, like we we built a bunch of games, and like you know, hiring somebody like that in, uh, you know, is, is to, like to design a game and. And, you know, to allocate like a quarter million dollars to something that is never going to build, uh, you know, create a, a return uh, to anybody. It's just going to be like fun and like a flash in the pan. So there was no concept like while the, the market was like lush, there was no concept of fiscal responsibility and there was no concept of um, of uh, of like a good like good business practice, you know, like. We have to build something that's going to be sustainable. We have to build something that is going to, um, you know, that's going to last for a decade. That is uh, that that um, that has a path to, uh, to to pay for itself. Um, and, you know, and I think a little bit of this is just kind of like uh, the, the euphoria of the bull run. And I think that a lot of teams kind of went through this. And you you know you see like what engineering salaries were like, what marketing were salaries were like, what, uh, you know, guys that like were on top of, like would go into the roof and smoke joints and like come back like in a week and like have like, a, you know, five pages of a document written and stuff. And maybe like, what the hell is this? And like, you realize that they just like cost you 50 grand. Um, so there was a lot of, you know, just there wasn't like a sense of urgency. And, I, you know, one of the things that really was like the wake up call was, um, the FTX crash, which was like, okay, you know, let's you the, the, like either this is all going to die and it's just going to go to zero, or we're going to spend the next you know year and a half, um, you know, which is like the the runway that we had remaining, um, to try and figure out how to build a successful platform that can that can actually support itself and not just support itself but start to bring in enough capital to make itself sustainable. So how do you focus on sustainability? And, and then you have to ask yourself, okay, anything that's not going to focus on sustainability really has to be, um, you know, it has to be either put in an icebox or completely killed or uh, just, uh, you know, just, uh, just put uh, like out of, out of thought, out of mind. Because if you don't achieve that sustainability, nothing else matters. You know, you can always have like a Ponzi game where, you know, let's uh, let's just focus on the short term and let's just try and make sure that somebody else buys our bag and then we'll exit and, and leave, 
the collapse onto the next generation. But if you have ethical problems with that and you want to build something that's going to last for you know many years, then you just you have to focus on you know like where's every penny going and how are you going to uh, build something that's sustainable and and that influenced that shift in our mind, which happened about a year ago. Um, you know that uh, that um, was a very painful shift, but it was a it was a very fruitful shift at the same time because what it allowed us to do was to really look at the market and to say what are the things that we need to be building in order to make success, make long term success, and then and then what is the defin what's the definition of success and you know the de- that definition I think I I articulated uh, loosely of saying that how do you build something that creates um, sustainable value. Um, and then how can we capture that value so that um, we, we have the ability to expand the value offering to a broader set of, um, of, of experiences way beyond necessarily what's going to bankroll the, um, the, the platform. And, and a lot of mistakes that I've seen with many other projects is they spend way too much resources and capital on marketing. Um, and not enough on innovation. And so we've tried to course correct that. Maybe we've course corrected it too much. Um, that, you know, that, uh, um, that, that, that's definitely a discussion that we have internally. But what we've created right now is an incredibly capital efficient platform where we have, uh, where we can spin up, like, like, let's say the rune market. I don't know exactly what the, we spent, we, we, the rune market has been live for, you know, less than a week. It's already, uh, I, I believe it's already passed a million dollars of trading volume. I know the Solana market has been up for like two weeks, you know, and that's way beyond a million dollars in trading volume. Um, and, uh, and these markets were capitalized, you know, with like, like $5,000, $10,000, and then they just organically grew because of the sound economic um, mechanisms that were underlying them. That the fees that are generated, even without a token, without hyperinflating a token, you know, Lavana doesn't have a token today. We, you know, we just announced that, uh, you know, that um, if you were part. Well, that of, was the uh, next. That was the next question. That was oh, the next fine. question, bro. So, so you talk, you were talking about sustainability. You talked about sustainability, and I'm like, didn't I listen to a space with you and Rama, where it was like a late night Jay Cornell space, and he was like. Absolutely, have a none of it about Lavana releasing a token, right? Can you remember that little uh, discourse you, yeah, you sure. two had? Absolutely. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. So the thing is, is that if the system needs a token, then it doesn't deserve a token. That's kind of like where the stance that I'm coming from is that if the only way that you can stay in business is by, you know, hacking a coin down the chain, um, uh, you know, and uh, and kind of like pulling all of the shtick that you see within the industry, then it means that you have something at your core that's fundamentally unsustainable. And you know, if if the only reason that your platform works is because people are wash trading on top of it um, in order to get some type of a token, then um, then ultimately you're going to run out of tokens, or you're going to hyper inflate your token to zero, and then you know the party stops, the music stops. But if you can build something that's sustainable and can actually bring in revenue 
to um, to justify its own existence. So now, if you use a token as a, a means to uh, decentralize the operation and decision making, to um, to uh, use as an a, a user acquisition tool to to significantly broaden the uh, the user base, and you can use it as a um, alignment tool that the various different players, whether it's directional traders, whether it's market neutral traders, whether it's liquidity providers, so you can align all of their long term interests. So now you've got a token that makes sense, and now you've got something that can actually stand the test of time, that can make it through bull runs, make it through bear markets, and I think we saw that with GMX. You know, I think we saw that with a few other platforms that really were an inspiration from an architectural perspective for Levana. And, and the goal really is, um, you know, and I, I've always, I, I view myself and I've always viewed myself as, as a toy maker. You know, I entered into, I started programming when I was in sixth grade. I don't know how old you are in sixth grade, but is that like 11 years old on a TI-82 calculator? You know, I, I, I got a book of TI Basic. And I just wrote like a dozen video games. And I, you know, I've basically been making video games as, as a hobbyist in uh, my entire life. And, uh, and what I love about, um, about games is that games essentially trick people into, into forming habits. You know, anybody that's been on Duolingo, um, you know, and I've been using Duolingo to learn Mandarin for the past 103 days. And my, you know, and I, and I look at how many, I, I know like now, like about 200 words in Mandarin and I can, you know, have a few minute conversational uh, conversation. And like, it would have been impossible to do this without the fact that Duolingo presented itself as a game. And ultimately, you know, where the, 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 the bear market is going to, um, is going to thaw and we're not going to uh, only be Right now, the only people that's around the table that have any sense of capital um, is is the institutional capital, and the institutional capital wants one thing: they want um, a risk averse uh, ability to be able to make directional exposure um, to various markets that they feel like they have some type of an alpha to, and that's the product that we've designed today. But what we're super excited about is that the next generation of crypto that's going to come to market is going to be largely retail driven, which is what the last market was, which is what really every market is, because, you know, the people that come are not, you know, the JP Morgans of the world and things like that. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's the, the general population of the world. And so now how do you get those people to interact with complex financial services? You essentially build a Duolingo. You build something that's going to be easy to use, that's going to feel familiar, that's going to be entertaining, and um, and then you use this um, to, to to educate and to navigate people into a more complex, more serious environment. And I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I know that you know from growing up dyslexic and not knowing how to read until third grade, and you know, going through all of the, you know, the different workbooks and like after school programs and stuff that like, you know, made reading fun or at least tried to. And then, um, you know, and then various language learnings, you know, learning Spanish, learning French, learning Hebrew and Arabic and, you know, various other languages, you know, now Chinese. Um, it all comes down to 
uh, adding a form of entertainment into the the monotonous and mundane. And uh, you know, and, and we don't have exact roadmap for that, but, but we're very confident that that is the lighthouse or that is the shining star to be successful in, in the long term here. So can I ask you, you're talking about long term there, just quickly, do you guys harbor like Kujira or Migaloo ambitions? Are we going to see a Levana chain in the near future? So I don't know. I hope not. You know, we did the assessment. Do you have any idea? It costs like two million bucks to build your own chain and to run it for like a year. And like with all of the rewards and the DevOps and like everything. And like, I don't have two million bucks. Like the one team doesn't have two million bucks. So like, I don't know how any of these guys are, are affording it. Um, maybe it's why they're struggling to ship at the same rate that Levana ships. Is that because they focus on all these, this backend and DevOps stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, it could be that there would be a... So are you, are you just going to have outposts? Are you just going to have out, like, what's them outposts in that, are you? Or what? I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I've been talking to the TFL guys, uh, which I, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for Chris. I think that he's in a, you know, he's basically taking. Sorry, who? Like, Chris, 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 yeah. who? Chris, Chris Gucci. Uh, yeah, how do Chris, you say his Chris last Gucci. name? Chris um, Gucci. Chris Gucci. Um, so he. Has, has the <laughs> Dude, I'm rugging. Sorry, bro, I'm rugging. No, his name's Chris, Chris uh, Armani. I know, uh, but yeah, we call him Chris Gucci yeah, yeah. over here. Yeah. We call him Chris Gucci over here for the culture. Just for the culture, sure. bro. So, I mean, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. So, Chris has probably the hardest job in all of crypto today because he has to, like, literally, you know, everybody else kind of like fell down into the gutter. He, like, fell down like 10 stories under the gutter and has to, like, pull stuff out. So, um, I think he's done an amazing job. And, and part of the resources and, and utility that he's created is mechanisms to make it easier projects like Levana to eventually launch their own chain. Now, I don't want to get a, ahead of ourselves um, that, uh, um, that uh, you know, we would like, you know, we're, we have no plans to launch our own chain. Um, and um, what we, you know, but, but, but I think that as the difficulty and cost of launching your own chain um, decreases, so then the benefits of having your own stack increases. And so we always just kind of leave that as like a, uh, you know, as like a dot, dot, dot. But in the meantime, the outpost uh, uh, methodology, which is let's not ask the liquidity to come to us. Let's just go to where the liquidity is. And we all saw the uphill battle that Kajira, you know, amazingly successfully fought, you know, to achieve like I think they just passed over a hundred million dollars in liquidity. I, I saw that, um, but uh, but wh- whatever the, uh, the 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 monumental success is, it's like it is a a huge risk and a huge challenge to try and just start out as your own chain and to build up your own liquidity and you know and to manage all of the DevOps and things like that. So so that's not really where where we want to be focused at right now. We're very happy to be partnered with uh, Osmosis, which results in you know, 99% of all of our, actually, it's like 95%. I think 5% comes from injective and, you know, 0% comes from say. Um, and, uh, and, and we're very happy to, you know, to, to be a, a member of the Osmosis family. And, um, and, and, and I think that as Osmosis grows, we, we will grow with them as well. 
So, dude, we're coming up our perfect time. And uh, I will go to Bruce, see if he's got any like, questions on the Lavana front, because I want to speak to you on a personal basis about where you are right now. Bruce, have you got uh, anything uh, for Jonathan? Are you just sitting, chilling? Are you cutting down trees again? Nah, I'm, I'm back in the city. I'm just sitting and chilling, but I got some questions. Just so, I don't know. He can talk forever, man. He can just go deeper and deeper. And but remember what, remember, what Karen, remember what Karen in HR is like. She, you know, she'll be up soon, won't she, Karen in uh, Portland? Yeah, I know. I know, she'll, oh, she'll be up soon, so be careful. We, you know what we've been told? The gig-along interviews we get in so much trouble for. But go on, Bruce, shoot, go on, shoot, because I'm going to ask him about some personal stuff in a minute. Okay, I just want to talk a touch on the uh, risk modeling just a bit, if you don't mind, Jonathan. No, for sure. Uh, <laughs> I didn't expect that, you, sorry. Uh, no, no problem. Um, so I'll give you the high level. I just noticed my phone is at 7%. So I need to run back to the car and get a power charger. Oh, you're just um, like Robo, man. Uh, yeah, right? Um, and so, uh, so what we do is that, um, so we have a completely different model than every other perps. And that's because we, we watched and analyzed as every other perps collapsed at one point in their life. You know, whether it's injective or perpetual protocol or uh, future, um, you know, f- uh, future finance or, you know, uh, mango market, drift, you know, they all end up with insolvency. And insolvency is pretty simple to achieve when you have leverage, because what are you doing at the end of the day is that you are, um, you know, you have uh, a, um, you know, you've got like, let's say that that Bitcoin costs, you know, I'll, I'll make the number simple. Let's say Bitcoin costs, you know, $10,000. Um, so if somebody puts in $10,000, you know, to collateralize one Bitcoin, and then they go um, 10x leverage on it, you know, so they'll be paying some fees. And now Bitcoin runs from 10,000 to, you know, 50,000 or 100,000. So the, the system needs somebody to, 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 to pay the profits when that uh, that that long trader closes their position, and um, and that usually comes from a funding rate that inspires people to take the counter trade. So when Bitcoin goes on a run like this, nobody in their right mind is taking that that counter side. And then so now you need to have um, liquidity providers uh, that that uh, are putting into an insurance pool or a risk fund on the counter side, and. Um, and the thing is, is that they can see the open interest, how it becomes imbalanced, so they can uh, remove their position. And so when push comes to shove, you end up with insolvency. And we saw this over and over again in the centralized services, like, um, you know, like, uh, like, uh, uh, like Three Arrow Capital. Um, we saw it with, uh, like, you know, Voyager and uh, BlockFi became insolvent. Um, and we've seen it with plenty of DeFi protocols. So Lavana wanted to invent something that was called the well-funded model. So the first thing that we did is we separated every market. Every market, we have 20 markets today. Every market is completely uh, separated. So one market completely die, and it will never be able to draw upon capital from LPs or from traders from another market because they're just technically, from the smart contract perspective, completely different, uh, you know, like separate products. Um, Second thing is we've got no centralized risk fund. Every time that a position is opened, the position must be opened with a max gain. So that max gain is the total amount of capital that the protocol could ever be in debt to this position 
in the best case scenario, whether it's long or short. And, um, and, um, and so by forcing every position to open with a max gain, so then we know exactly how much to allocate from the liquidity pool from that position. So the, and, and when the, the, when the market uh, kind of maxes out because there's no more unallocated capital within the liquidity pool, so then nobody can open a new position. And, you know, we get, I actually get alerts on my phone when that happens. And we've seen numerous times, like especially in the Atom market and the Osmo market, that people are just trying to open positions. But that's it. We're tapped out. You know, we've got, um, you know, we've got like two million bucks. So we've got about seven million dollars in change um, in TVL right now. Um, and so when, you know, the market becomes like incredibly bullish or incredibly bearish, you know, in many cases, the, the LPs, the liquidity pools, will just get tapped out. And so then no new positions can be opened. So it's, um, it's a different model and it's a much more conservative model than many other um, perpetual swap systems, but it's designed for the bull run. It's designed for Bitcoin to run to a million and we will survive to, to hit that million dollar mark. And that's what our goal is. Awesome, man. That's a very, very good answer. That also brings me into my next question. So, oh, you've really prepared, haven't you? Yeah, always, bro, bro. I always prepared. I just choose when I wanna wanna contrib contribute. That's the difference. Anyway, Jonathan. So, if we hit like an extreme situation with Levana, right? The conditions are extreme. Do we have like some mechanism implemented? Oh, sorry, implemented for emergency shutdown or holding? So, yes. So the, the short answer is yes, but I think not for the reason like what you described. Um, there is an emergency shutdown, but it's not necessarily because of extreme market conditions. Um, it's if there's detection of, uh, it's primarily about the, uh, two things. One is if, uh, if, we wanna, um, if we want to eject the market, meaning like uh, let's say, um, you know, that there's, let's say that we decided to shut down uh, the say markets. You know, we've been on say for, um, I don't know, a couple months now. And uh, right now there's like maybe like, I don't know, half a dozen users there. Um, but there's still capital. Wait, when you market. said we, when you said we, what is we? Is that a multi-sig? What's, what's the we yeah, in that's that? A, that's a multi-sig between, um, between investors of Levana, devs of Levana. And core and members of the Say Foundation. Um, so that's you know so okay. so the yeah so Lavana tries. I mean Lavana has succeeded, but Lavana's goal is to be the minority signer on any of uh, any of the markets. You know, so so it should require uh, outsiders primarily. Like for example, we've got uh, Johnny from who's a uh, who's one of the you know the, the core team members of Osmosis is on the. Um, He's one of the signers uh, uh, on um, the Osmosis uh, chain. Um, Achilles is uh, one of the signers on the uh, injective chain. I forget who is the signer of the state chain. I'd have to look that up. Um, but, you know, that, that's kind of what the goal is. And we've got a, a, a three of five multi-sig um, with uh, two of the members being devs on the, uh, the Levana side. Um, and, um, and so, you know, if, uh, if a market suspects that there's spot price manipulation 
And spot price manipulation kind of looks like this. Like imagine that the, um, that the order books become so thin in the spot price that it only costs, you know, $10,000 to move the price 2%. So if you take a, you know, if you take a 10x position on that, so then that means that you can go leverage short 10x, you can just dump $10,000 and then you go to that, that drops the price 2%. And then now you benefited 20% on your leverage position. So you really only needed, you know, the break-even price was $2,000 on Levana, $10,000 on Binance, and then now you just broke even. And, and if you put more than $2,000 on Levana, then you could profit. And so you're, it's essentially um, organizing a precognition attack. So we've got uh, a bunch of, uh, of things to detect market manipulation like that, um, which is not like, it's not, un it's not even unfair. It's not, it's not hacking the system. It's just, this is some of the danger of, of leverage with low market cap positions. And, um, and so the emergency shutoff mechanisms are really designed um, primarily to be able to protect um, the you know, legitimate market participants from aggressive whales that are manipulating the market price. Um, and, and what we don't need, or what we hope that we don't need, is what other perps have with their emergency uh, stop mechanisms, which are um, where if there's bank runs, you know, if everybody on DYDX, um, like let's say that, let's let's and DYDX is, uh, you know, an extreme example because they're very large. Um, but let's imagine you had baby DYDX, baby DYDX Jr. And they, they didn't have, you know, um, the, like all the massive investors and stuff like behind them and like all the hundreds of millions of dollars that they earned in the last bull run. Um, but, uh, you know, the same, the same mechanism from just purely math perspective. So imagine that the system went, um, like Bitcoin went on a run from 30K to 60K. And then everybody that was long just closed their position in profit. So now the system doesn't have shorts against it. Um, so they could just lock the market, eject everybody. And then kind of it was like first come, first serve. Like if you got your profits, you got your profit. If you didn't get your profit, you didn't get your profit. Now I'm really oversimplifying things. And I'm like playing out the worst case scenario because we're talking about risk. So it's not really exactly like what I described. But um, you know, the, I'm trying to illustrate a point, which is that when you don't focus on insolvency, and rather you focus on a band-aid of like, let's just have money on the side to bail out people in case the winners win too much. Um, then you end up in these situations where you kind of need emergency shutoffs so that you can prevent people from winning too much. Um, and, and, you know, so that the, your system doesn't collapse. Awesome, man. Awesome. So I got like five more points, but I think I'm going to cut it short and uh, maybe just go to the regular regulatory oh. risk. Oh, oh, Dr. Bruce. Dr. Oh, okay, Dr. Bruce, yeah, just cut to the chase. And, mm, the regular, right. uh, so talking about risk modeling regarding regulatory risks, and we have like a... It's crazy times in the regulatory world regarding crypto at the moment. So what thoughts have uh, Levana made in this well, context? There's, there's, there's a lot of uh, jurisdictions which recognize the self-sovereignty and freedom of their citizens. And they allow for their citizens to be able to, um, you know, take, uh, you know, exposure on digital assets as they see fit. 
Now, unfortunately, America is not one of those places. And also, unfortunately, is that America um, takes on the view that its responsibility is kind of to be the police of the whole world. So you could be sitting in Taiwan and, you know, running some type of financial service and you can have nothing to do with Americans. Um, but at the same time, America might feel that you that you pose some type of a risk to them. And so they will um, literally destroy your life. You know, they will make sure that you can never get a credit card, that you can never open a bank account, that you can't travel, that your visas are, de are declined when you try and get from one place to another place. Um, and that, you know, that uh, they, they can make sure that um, you are constantly just uh, being um, inundated with, uh, with um, you know, uh, legal bills, which, you know, are in the hundreds of thousands, you know, to millions of dollars. And, um, and they will, you know, and, and again, it's like uh, you're guilty until proven innocent. So America is um, is in uh, like is a uh, uh, a bastion of um, discrimination and uh, and um, you know and 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 I would even go so far as to say is corruption when it comes to DeFi and crypto today. So if you are a uh, a proponent of freedom and of um, you know human decency. Um, I don't, uh, I would definitely make sure that you, um, you know, that you that you vocalize your displeasure with the current, um, you know, regulatory environment within America, which is essentially, they make no rules, they make no boundaries, they make no recommendations, and then they just, um, essentially, with no trial, come and destroy projects through um, destroying developers that are building them on a personal level, um, financially and ethically. And then they come after the, the projects themselves by um, getting them locked into uh, impossible to, uh, to, you know, to clarify um, legal issues. So we saw this with Libby. We saw this with, uh, um, we saw this with uh, Opine more recently. Um, and, you know, there's, you know, it's a, it doesn't make a lot of the headlines, but I get to talk to other, you know, uh, developers within the space. And there are um, hundreds of developers that have seen their personal lives decimated in the last 18 months because of, you know, Gary Gensler and, and his policies. So um, how this impacts Lavana. Um, Lavana does everything in her power to prevent Americans from using the platform. So this means, you know, we, um, you know, we geofence, um, we, uh, you know, we don't give support to Americans. Um, we make sure to try and block VPNs, you know, and it's a constant cat and mouse game. You know, people try and find ways to circumvent the the blockage, and so. We have to constantly find ways to to, to circumvent their circumventation, um, and it's really awful and it's really unethical. But it is, uh, you know, it's uh, you know, you kind of like wake up every morning and you look at your children, you know, and you make them breakfast and you take them to school and you ask yourself, like, am I going to be sitting in a jail cell, you know, when you know, and and miss your wedding because 
I wanted to create open finance. And, um, and that's kind of the situation where we're in today. That took a turn, huh? Almost went straight into cartel videos, that Jonathan. I mean, it, it sucks. It really sucks. I really, I really hope that, uh, that, that the, you know, that the, the country that prided itself on individual freedom, um, you know, returns to its roots and, um, you know, and, and recognizes that the most important technical revolution that's happening is not something to fight, but rather something to embrace. And I think that only happens from, you know, Americans coming and talking and like writing to their governor and senator. Well, I'm going to try and stay out of that conversation, but I, I, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. But uh, for other reasons, I just want to just wanna go to the last questions. Um, I have so many questions. Robo, you have no idea. You should see my list. But I, I'm going to try to keep it short for Karen. I also know you want to do some personal talk. But when you when you talked about circumventing the circumvention, like how about the risk manage, uh, risk modeling regarding educational resource? Because it's I think as a perp market, it's pretty hard to onboard new users, right? You kind of want to get existing users to use your platform. Yeah, look, I mean, we've got uh, you know we have like I said before, we have five uh, thousand people in change that have used the protocol in the last four months. Um, we have about 200 to 250 that are using it on a daily basis. Um, and uh, about maybe 700 or so that are using it on a weekly basis. And so, and, and if you look, actually, if you go to trade.lavana.finance forward slash stats, um, or if you just go to trade.lavana.finance and then you click the stats button, um, you'll be able to see, um, uh, you'll, you'll see there's a flip side dashboard there. And if you look at the flip side dashboard and you go to users, you'll be able to see the retention and the retention. And I've been, I've been a product builder, um, since 2000 and really like 2002. So like 21 years, like my entire professional life has been building consumer products. And I built products that, you know, like in total have probably passed, you know, 20, 30 million people. And I have never seen a product with the retention like what Levana has. You know, you, and, and, and you can, and it's all on chain. And, um, and the funny thing is, is that if you look at some of the wash trading competitors, and I don't want to punch down on anybody because everybody's struggling. And this bear market has been awful for everybody. So I totally get why people um, incentivize wash trading. But it's, it's so transparent when you look at how frequent it's like once we get a trader to come and make two trades on Levana, that's it. I know that we have a new long-term customer, so to speak. So I agree with you completely. It's, it's absolutely critical to be able to better, to, to focus on the existing users and to educate them and to, you know, to, to, to um, teach them about all of the subtleties because Levana is really designed to be 
the simplest Herps platform that you've ever used, but while at the same time, the most robust Herps platform that you've ever used. And we do that because we, um, we layer it like an onion where the outer layer of the user interface is very simple. Just, you know, hey, go 10X on Bitcoin and just deposit a couple bit, you know, just deposit like a thousand bucks of Bitcoin and, you know, tell us when you want to close the position in profit, tell us when you want to close it in, in loss and then press go and we'll take care of it from there. Um, so, so, and then when you get more complicated, now you get into the liquidity pools and you get into the funding rates and you get into all of like the little complex stuff that's going on underneath it. Um, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, all we need to do to get you as a dedicated customer is to get that second trade. And so all of our, our user interface improvements are, are designed around that fact. And, and it really sucks having to cut off different markets and especially to cut off the American market, which represents like 90% of the opportunity. Um, so it's like we're, we're, we're playing with like two hands behind the, tied behind our back. Um, but we care about our children, so we do it. And, uh, and, and we try and balance that. You know, we, we try and have a focus on the Korean market, on the Chinese market, on the Japanese market, on the Taiwanese and, or not uh, the, the, you know, just general Asians so Taiwan and, uh, and Hong Kong. Um, and, uh, and then also like Vietnamese and Indonesian. Um, and those become like the biggest markets that we can appeal to because ironically, those are the ones that have the most amount of financial freedom. Um, and, and, and we just focus on retention and education for them. Awesome. Thank you, man. Robo, Robo, did you notice every time uh, he mentioned that second trade, he went from sounding like a geek chat to like kind of drug dealer-ish type, right? Just want to get that second trade from the customers. I like it. Yeah. I like it, man. It's the urgency. Uh, no, I and I totally agree with you. There is that the first trade is usually a small trade. It's like I put in ten bucks. I went, you know, twenty x long, and I, you know, because what is it? Is that what's the itch? You know, is that I come on and I'm like, oh man, you know, Solana is on a tear. This thing is gonna fly. Um, wait, I heard that I can get leverage exposure on Levana because what is leverage exposure? Leverage is when I'm not limited by my liquid capital. Rather, I'm only limited by my conviction. You know, with spot, if I've got a hundred bucks, I can only go a hundred bucks long sold. But if I've got leverage, then my hundred bucks could be $3,000 worth of soul and that is you know juicy and interesting now the risk is astronomical the risk is, you know will make people that are not degen it'll make their stomach sick but if you've got that level of tolerance then you come and you look at this and you're like i've got strong conviction that the market's going to move in my favor so let me throw 10 bucks down and i'll take a 300 uh dollar bet and then I closed that $300 bet in profit. I just doubled my money in like an hour. And I'm like, wow, this is real. So now I come back and I put 200 bucks down. And, you know, and, I, and I leverage that 
to 10x. Now I've got $2,000 on this thing. And I close that in profit. When that happens, that's it. You're a dragon rider. I think most of uh, most of the guys or most of us in this room can recognize the feeling you're talking about. It's always like, spot is like a cigarette, right? 5x leverage, that's like a joint. 10x leverage, that's like a bong, right? And 50x leverage, that's like a syringe straight in your arm. And everything is all right. Everything is all right. Well, it's all right. It's all all right when, until the shit hits the fan. You know, there's... There's got to be proper, uh, you know, risk management. And that, that's also, that was a big part of building the platform is that, you know, the, the, the thing with is that we don't want to build junkies, you know, like I'm up, to, I'm, I'm with you up to the bump, you know, once it comes like shooting things in the arm, then I'm like, eh, I don't know that like, that was never my part of the party, <laughs> uh, you know, um, uh, I don't know if that's oversharing. I hope my kids aren't listening to this. Um, but, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is that, um, we want people to take stop losses and, you know, to, and, and one of the things that we did, which was very clear on Nevada, which not a lot of platforms do is that when you open a position, you can see your, um, you know, your estimated, uh, wins and losses, um, from the platform, um, you know, before you even open the trade. So you can say like, okay, if I'm right, I will win $2,000. If I'm wrong, I will lose $50. And then you can actually say to yourself, is that a risk reward profile? You know, I win 2000 or I lose 50. You know, if I'm comfortable with that, bam, I'll hit the trade. If not, then I won't. And maybe I'll readjust it. Maybe I don't want to lose 50. Maybe I only want to lose 25. But this way, it's not the same as like, you know, shooting up smack. You know, it's just like, you know, maybe it's like, a, you know, you know, bumping coke and then bungee diving or bungee jumping, whatever it's called. You know, it's a, a little bit less risky, but it's still fun. Gotcha, man. My granddaddy always said that there's no pockets in a funeral shirt. <laughs> uh, I, I hear that. I hear that. But, uh, but I do want, you know, the, the, the trader that survives comes to trade another day. Absolutely, man. Taking profits never made a man poor. Never. Yep. And, and, and minimizing losses. You know, never. I don't know what the, the, I don't know what the corresponding, uh, uh, you know, uh, the idiom is, but like nobody ever um, felt guilty about minimizing losses. So, uh, bro, you can think you minimize losses, but maybe you just exit exited the trade too early, right? Sometimes. Um. Well, you're you're right. You're right. Uh, there's always that end of it. Look, all I know is that, um, like, I bought my first Luna at like sub 30 cents like i think i bought my very first luna at like 18 cents like i don't even remember now but uh but it was like somewhere in the ballpark there um and then you know i uh and like some of that that bag like i i definitely stole a bunch of like six or i sold a bunch at like 30 and 50 and then like 
you know, I bought back in at, at six and like, it was a wild ride. Like Luna was crazy. And especially because of the um, philosophy behind Luna. Like we were, I was like, so I drank the Kool-Aid so hard. And that was also another thing that I learned is that like, you can't drink the Kool-Aid, you know? Um, and, uh, and so the idea there, like that, that uh, we should just um, ride this thing, you know, from like 18 cents to where I my children home, grandchildren homes to I'm so poor that I don't have enough money to pay rent next month. That's not really rent. It's mortgage, but, but you know, it's, it's more expensive than rent. Um, and so it's like, that's a, that's a wild ride from a personal perspective. And I would not wish that on anyone. So like, just from that, um, I think it's important to emphasize uh, risk adjusted strategies. Gotcha. Gotcha, man. I was talking before the crash, I was talking with a young kid, 19 years old, and he was doing all the right things, right? He was taking profits, taking profits out in stable coins, constantly de-risking, right? Well, the thing that's really smart boy. was we took profits into exactly. stable coins, and it didn't exactly. work. Exactly what he did. That was a tough, tough ride, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I you know I I still I go to therapy every Sunday for that. It's uh it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. But you know we're still here. I, look, I've got friends that are not here anymore. Um, and uh, and I, I'm thankful every day that uh, that I made it through it. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big hurdle to overcome. It's I guess it. I I, I wasn't affected, luckily, but I guess it's. Uh, could be some some uh, some of a trauma to go through, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What kind of um, what kind of therapy? Just uh, right. you know, conversational. Uh, it's a better place. Uh, uh, or no, sorry, uh, better. I'll tell you the app. Uh, better Help. So it's an app on the iPhone. You can uh, you can book a therapist. Um, you know, and it's it's very anonymous. Um, which I'm very, you know, I prefer. Um, and uh, you can kind of jump around and find somebody that that you really connect with. I think it's good. I think it's a. I think it's very helpful for anybody in this industry that's kind of gone through very high highs and very low lows to find somebody that they can talk to. Oh, absolutely, man. Not even just any any human being. So the reason why I asked is because both my parents are therapists and I grew up in the environment, so to say. So I was just wondering if what kind of specific therapy it is, if it's cog cognitive or if it's IFS or ACT. Or... I think it counts as cognitive. Um, you know, it's, uh, it is, it's, I think it, it's poorly defined uh, on purpose because it's modular based on the needs of the individual. But, um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it, you know, it, it's mostly like the, you know, I feel like from a meme perspective, it's like, a, um, uh, like a on the couch kind of just, you know, chat about um, highs and lows. And, you know, what I one of the things that I've learned from myself is that um, watching the market go up um, 
is just as painful as watching it go down. You know, it's like, it's a, I've heard this, I'm a chess player and I've heard this from other chess players is that, um, that losing a chess game is more painful than winning. And so then therefore they're disincentivized from playing. And I, I see that after, after kind of like working on recovery from the crash of the last market, um, is that, you know, missing a run can mess with my head more than nailing it. And so it, it just makes it challenging to be an active participant, active, like a member of the market. Completely, man. Completely. I play chess myself. I'm not a very high player, but when I'm on a losing streak, I'm, uh, I'm going to take breaks from playing. Yeah, sure. no, 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 I've, I've, I've definitely lost like 500 points of like ELO just from like, like one after another losing point and losing breaks. Well, this has been a cozy space, hasn't it, Bruce? Been enjoying yourself there, but, haven't but you? in general, I mean, look, we're at 35k roughly, you know, th- wait, now I'm looking at you 36.6k. There you go. Um, like the, the market is hot. Um, we've got. The you know, Jonathan, what did you think of the rejection? Uh, Jonathan, what did you think of the rejection? Um, we've got what did you, a new dude, election, what did you think of the 38k rejection? Away, which means more rational, um, you know, governance from the American perspective. Um, we've got, um, you know, um, like a we've got everything that's being deployed within like the Kajira ecosystem, and I'm a, I'm a heavy holder of Kajira. Um, We've got, uh, you know, all the bullishness that's happening within osmosis. We've got um, real serious conversations that are happening on, uh, you know, Cosmos Hub in order to improve the general uh, atom ecosystem. And then on a micro level, like, Levana just hit half a billion dollars of trading volume. You know, we went from two months ago, $2 million of daily trading volume to today we're averaging 10 million dollars of trailing uh, of trading volume that's 5x in 4 weeks i mean there's so many bullish signals that dude dude be honest though wait a minute jonathan did you not think that was a savage rejection of 30 year care that like loads of people were warning about like that was pretty brutal rejection no do you think we'll break 30 year care this year i don't think we'll break 30 year care this year now i don't i'd be very surprised if we did no well, leading into the Bitcoin uh, having, I think that if you don't think that we're going to hit, I said this year. I said this year. This, this oh, year, I don't think we'll break thirty uh, k this year. Now, I mean, it's getting too close to Christmas, people. You know what it's no. like. Pe- no, no, nothing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's no. I don't think we're going to break thirty k uh, this calendar year. Sorry, um, we speak a slightly different version of English. Um, but yeah, the but, but before December thirty first, I don't think thirty eight k is possible. But but who knows? But I think uh, it depends on you know. Did we have Thanksgiving yet? Did Thanksgiving happen? When is Thanksgiving? No, Thanksgiving mate. I don't, uh, I don't think it's happened yet. No, no. I think it might be. Uh, is it the third Sunday or something? I think it's the last Sunday. What month are we in? We're in November, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely Thanksgiving, so, but it's later in the month, I think. Yeah, Jonathan. So Jonathan, you on Earth? This is a Reg FM space, and we're doing an interview. It's November. Everything is all right. Good. Well, thank you. Um, 
So I think that, that uh, Thanksgiving is a time uh, historically where people get to talk about crypto because they sit down with their family for hours and there's a, like a preaching session that can happen. So it can go very bad and it can also go very good. So I think that depending on how Thanksgiving goes this year, that will determine whether or not we break 38K. Well, I'll tell you what, it's been a blinding wait. It's been an absolutely blinding space. Honestly, Jonathan, you've been a fucking great guest, by the way. I have to say this. Dude, I've got to ask you a question. Like, uh, am I right in thinking? Where are you in the world right now? I'm in Jerusalem. So we're in the middle. I'm in the middle of a war zone. I thought so. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't want to presume that you were like, say, still there or whatever. Cause I've never heard from you for a couple of weeks. So is, I mean, is everything going all right? Is it obviously daily life? Serious like adjustments being made to daily life, or I was at work and I was like, Are you okay or what? So I'm Jewish and I live in a very mixed community with a lot of Palestinians, and uh, a lot of uh, and a lot of my friends are Palestinians, and um, you know, it's a very painful time period. And we really, uh, I think everybody that that is coming from like a very composed secular perspective is really hoping for um, a speedy uh, resolution to be able to create an opportunity for peace. And so we're, I think we're just in, in general hopeful for, hopeful for that. Fair play, brother. That was well said, actually. That that was well, well said and, uh, and actually a great note to end it on. Jonathan, is there anything as like a closing statement or anything you'd like to say like about either yourself or the team? Or what, like, you know what I mean? About, like, how bullish you I mean, I know you've said a lot tonight. It's been fantastic. Like, any clinical kind of, like, conclusion that you've never said, like, tonight? Go on, round us out with something decent. I would just, you know, I mean, I'm just going to end on a, on a complete, like, shameless shill. Like, if you've, if you've made it, like, what, we've been talking for, like, an hour and 40 minutes. Like, what the heck are you doing here? Like, if you're still listening to this and you haven't tried Lavana please just go to trade.lavana.finance and just like put like 10 bucks in. Like we've designed the product for you. We've designed it to be a super simple product where you can express your exposure to the market according to your will, not according to what, you know, a government says, not according to what your capital says, but like according to your desire. So. Just play with it and give us feedback. And, and the, you know, if you come onto the Levana Discord and you say like, hey, I've got some feedback how you can make it better, I promise you, we will get on a phone call with you. We will write down notes and we will improve the product based on your feedback. Because everything that we have to date, all of our success has been based on the, the, the negative and constructive feedback that people have given us. So please be vocal, but you got to give us a chance. That could be a great uh, tagline, that, couldn't it? Play with it and give us feedback. That was a classic tagline, that one. I like it. Uh, Brucey, anything you want to say before we say good night and God bless you, man? I just want to say thank you for Jonathan for being such a chat, man. Really, really informative and precise and well-articulated answers, man. Really enjoyable, really enjoyable. Well, thank you. I, I you know, I, I, uh, I don't know about Chad. You know, Chad is what I aspire to be, but hopefully, I'll get there. 
but in the meantime, I'm happy to just be a bro and, uh, you know, and to just keep uh, iterating. Good man. Good man. So, people, this has been another episode of uh, Rack FM. Uh, obviously, the uh, morning, US morning uh, crypto breakfast show, but uh, we've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed your man's company tonight. And all I'm going to say is, you know, good night and God bless. Remember that you can go, I'm sorry about the noise right at the end here, but never mind. Needs must. I am going to say that you can go and find uh, all about Finn's music over at imaginethesmell.org. You can visit rackfm.org. You can find uh, rackfm on Spotify. We're pretty much all over the place. But yeah, Amir, Amir, I mean, Bruce might be. Bruce, do you want to jump on this account and throw up one recorded after? Till I get home? Yeah, sure. I think I'm going to go out and get some food, man, and some cigarettes. But, uh, well, but we'll get people. Really... We'll get people in. We'll get people in. Yeah, Amir. Yeah, we'll get. Uh, we'll do it. We'll spin up another one in a minute. We're going to close this one out. But yeah, just from the Rack FM team, uh, Jonathan, you've been absolutely great, and we wish you all the best for the future, bro. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. This was definitely fun. This was probably one of the uh, best spaces that I can remember being on, at least in the last six months. And my memory doesn't really uh, span beyond that. So. Thank you so much. And uh, again, happy to talk to anybody anytime. Oh, you Gucci bro. We'll definitely have you back on sometime in the near future. And drop in anytime you want. Anyway, we're told Sentinel days down there. We've, we've, we've told everybody, man, just drop it. We are the public square. And that's why if we deem ourselves to be the public square and we were, we'd be stupid not to get Lavana protocol on. But yeah, from the Rack FM team, we just wish all the best for the future. And I'll see everybody down there. Shout out, Tank Sentinel. Mr. Fox, IBC Mafia Dizzle Soy was there. He's just jumped Poraburu. I see Maria's in here. Great. Lovely to see you here. Come again. Yeah, snails. All the gym, everybody. All he is. Take care. Good night and God bless from the Rack FM team. Another episode over and out. Remember the perps are in the pudding. The perps are in the pudding. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and plate Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless Trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets Dead ants dragging out the max amount of payments Red down days, got them acting all bankless Yo fam, what? Check these token knocks They probing this bear, flexing broken knots I had to lay my soul down, I'm just roasting knots And then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic Never known the politic, I was born to frolic It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom Over impossible losses, all moss And I'm liking the odds Fondue in the morning, forming mycological bonds Flick the cap, yo, the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality Teeth stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lay Stacked and non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage Like the shit is play for keeps Clowns, white knight and all these Maybelines They call it implausible When model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your community all these low-hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach coming
common standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers, motherfuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Say and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Ten spaces.